Chapter Thirteen of Maggie, a Girl of the Streets. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alana Jordan. Maggie, a Girl of the Streets by Stephen Crane. Chapter Thirteen. Jimmy did not return home for a number of days after the fight with Pete in the saloon. When he did. He approached with extreme caution. He found his mother raving. Maggie had not returned home. The parent continually wondered how her daughter could come to such a pass. She had never considered Maggie as a pearl dropped unstained into Rum Alley from heaven, but she could not conceive how it was possible for her daughter to fall so low as to bring disgrace upon her family. She was terrific in denunciation of the girl's wickedness. The fact that the neighbors talked of it maddened her. When women came in and in the course of their conversation casually asked, Where's Maggie these days? The mother shook her fuzzy head at them and appalled them with curses. Cunning hints inviting confidence she rebuffed with violence. And wid all the bringin' up she had, how could she? Moaningly she asked of her son. Wid all the talkin' with her I did, and the things I told her to remember, when a girl is bringed up de way I bringed up Maggie, how can she go to the devil? Jimmy was transfixed by these questions. He could not conceive how, under the circumstances, his mother's daughter and his sister could have been so wicked. His mother took a drink from a squudgy bottle that sat on the table. She continued her lament. She had a bad heart, that girl did, Jimmy. She was wicked to the heart, and we never knowed it. Jimmy nodded, admitting the fact. We lived in de same house with her, and I brought her up, and we never knowed how bad she was. Jimmy nodded again. With a home like dis and a mother like me, she went to de bad, cried the mother, raising her eyes. One day Jimmy came home, sat down in a chair, and began to wriggle about with a new and strange nervousness. At last he spoke shamefacedly. Well, look a here. Dis ting queers us. See, we're queered. And maybe it be be better if I tink I can look her up, and maybe it be better if I fetched her home, and the mother started from her chair and broke forth into a storm of passionate anger what let her come and sleep under the same roof with her mother again oh yes i will won't i sure shame on yous jimmy johnson for saying such a thing to your own mother to your own mother little did i think when yous was a baby playing about me feet dat ye'd grow up to say such a thing to your mother your own mother i never taught sobs choked her and interrupted her reproaches there ain't nothing to raise such hell about, said Jimmy. I only says it that I'd be better if we keep dis ting dark. See, it queers us. See? His mother laughed a laugh that seemed to ring through the city and be echoed and re-echoed by countless other laughs. Oh, yes, I will, won't I? Sure. Well, you must take me for a damn fool, said Jimmy, indignant at his mother for mocking him. I didn't say we'd make er into a little tin angel, nor nothin', but de way it is now she can queer us, don't you see? 
i shall get tired of the life after a while and then she'll be wanna be comin home won't she de beast i'll let her in den won't i well i didn't mean none of this prodigal business anyway explained jimmy it wasn't no prodigal daughter you damn fool said the mother it was prodigal son anyhow i know dat said jimmy for a long time they sat in silence the mother's eyes gloated on a scene her imagination could call before her her lips were set in a vindictive smile i shall cry won't she and carry on and tell how pete or some other fellow beats her and she'll say she's sorry and all dat and she ain't happy she ain't and she wants to come home again she does with grim humor the mother imitated the possible wailing notes of the daughter's voice den i'll take her in won't i de beast she'll cry her eyes out on de stones of the street before i'll dirty de place wid her she abused and ill-treated her own mother her own mother what loved her and she'll never get another chance dis side of hell jimmy thought he had a great idea of women's frailty but he could not understand why any of his kin should be victims damn her he fervidly said again he wondered vaguely if some of the women of his acquaintance had brothers nevertheless his mind did not for an instant confuse himself with those brothers nor his sister with theirs after the mother had with great difficulty suppressed the neighbors she went among them and proclaimed her grief may god forgive dat girl was her continual cry to attentive ears she recited the whole length and breadth of her woes i bringed her up de way a daughter ought to be bringed up and dis is how she served me she went to the devil de first chance she got may god forgive her when arrested for drunkenness she used the story of her daughter's downfall with telling effect upon the police justices finally one of them said to her peering down over his spectacles mary the records of this and other courts show that you are the mother of forty-two daughters who have been ruined the case is unparalleled in the annals of this court and this court thinks the mother went through life shedding large tears of sorrow her red face was a picture of agony of course jimmy publicly damned his sister that he might appear on a higher social plane but arguing with himself stumbling about in ways that he knew not he once almost came to a conclusion that his sister would have been more firmly good had she better known why however he felt that he could not hold such a view he threw it hastily aside End of chapter thirteen recording by alana jordan in st louis missouri